up. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. This episode of CostCast is brought to you by Hero Hair, the real wig experience. So I have somewhere to escape to, or maybe you're someone who like can manage to stay all day and can drive home and you're fine with that. Like yeah. figuring out your own like physical and emotional and mental capabilities is a huge thing. Like Hello and welcome to Coscast. I'm William, also known as Bike fan cosplay and with me today I have I'm Savage also known as Savage83 on Instagram and I'm Michaela also known as Armaria cosplay on all platforms well welcome for finally joining us Michaela Michaela is a good friend of mine and I'll have her introduce herself in just a second but also I'd like to remind you that this episode is sponsored by Hero Hair so thank you for sponsoring for us and you'll hear more about them later in the episode but Michaela tell us a little bit about yourself <laughs> uh, yeah so as I said I'm Armaria cosplay uh, Spell that out real quick, just so okay. A R M A R I A cosplay. So it's A R Maria, kind of, but it's Armaria. Weird name. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't think about it too hard. <laughs> Don't think about it too hard. Um, I've been cosplaying for, depending on what you consider cosplaying, I've probably started around like 2015, 2016 ish, mm -hmm. I think. Um, but I only got like super into it in like 2017 and on and stuff. Um, I'm most known for my critical role cosplays, but I do a wide variety of things. Yes, you do. I love her critical role cosplays cannot be understated. They are amazing. So, especially Thank your you. Vax, where you have how? What's your wingspan? Ten your, foot. Ten feet. Yeah. Ten so, foot motorized. Yeah. So if that doesn't Which, <laughs> shout out thanks to Propped Up Cosplay for helping me make those. Hey. <laughs> Got to put awesome. the plug in there. <laughs> <laughs> we love to credit our. Uh, friends and creators. All right. Well, let's get right into it. Um, we um, have mentioned in past episodes a lot about you know giving a couple tips and suggestions about getting started in cosplay and questions that people have who aren't cosplaying but are thinking of cosplaying or people who have just started out cosplaying. There's a lot to know in the community. It can be really intimidating, but uh, I think that um, now it's finally time to tackle what that is all about. But first, before we get to that, I would like to take this first segment and talk about something that kind of happens later on and something that just about every cosplayer is bound to face at one point or another as long as they're calling themselves a cosplayer. If you go to like one cosplay or convention a year, you probably won't have this, but anyone who actually seeks to be a cosplayer will probably run into this at some point. And this is what we're calling cosplay burnout. Burnout has actually been much more popularized recently. In fact, I think just a month ago, it was actually labeled as an official medical term now. Oh, like, really? Yeah. So, like, burnout is an actual thing that you can get from work. So, like, we've had a lot of people talk about YouTube burnout and all these creators, and there's been a disconnect of, like, people saying, how can you get tired of something that you love? And, like, how can you, like, beat up and don't want to do it? And it just doesn't, like, make sense to the people who are trying to get to where they are. Um, and I think that... 
it's you know we actually had um, talked about a little about something about that aspect last episode where we talked about people working you know in cosplay and you kind of have to figure out just because you like doing something doesn't mean it makes a good job mm -hmm. and so even though cosplay for a lot of people isn't a job when you do it essentially full-time because people who even do this for a hobby basically treat it like a full-time job I mean how you like you get back from work and you're immediately working on cosplay it, for almost hours every day yeah <laughs> so it's like it's another job so at some point you kind of hit thresholds and at some point you get caught up in other spots and then there's so much things that are exciting about cosplay and I think so many people get caught up in the thrill of it and want to do everything and then immediately realize that they can't do everything. It becomes overwhelming. Yeah. And then just everything comes to a stop. You know, they either take a break or they decide, you know what, cosplay is not for me and they just leave. But I think that it's important to talk about, you know, what to expect, what that's like, and how to pull through it. You know, you've been cosplaying for a long time now. How long have you been cosplaying for? Uh, I want to say since 2007. Yeah. So a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the point where you started going from like cosplaying once in a while to like doing like several conventions a year? The point, um, I don't know. Uh, I just want to like always improve myself and like get into a cosplay contest and to see where I am in people's eyes and stuff like that. And so I always like want to make something that will show my skills, you know, and then I just try to go to all these different conventions that happen all around my area and it just uh, what do you call it? snowball from yeah. there and I go to like maybe 20 conventions a year now <laughs> well it's also part of your job so let's just say that that's not normal don't think that if you're someone listening to this episode learning about how to get started in cosplay 20 is not normal you are superhuman <laughs> I mean Superman. well we both do a lot too I, look, look I do 10 to 12 which is what I was that peak year though? You did one year that was twelve. A okay, it was, it was 12. twelve. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a pretty because that's once a month. Yes. Yeah. If you're a fairly normal person, <laughs> I don't consider myself. Really, but if you're someone who is an avid cosplayer, mm -hmm. I think twelve is a pretty healthy extreme amount to go to once a month. I mean, obviously, it doesn't end up being once a month. It's like you get three during one month, and then nothing for like two months, and that kind of happens. But. 12, I, I found, is a good number. I've reduced it to, I think, 10 this year, because I think around that spot is good depending on how I'm feeling year to year. I um, mean, um, I reduced mine into two. I just, you know, try to see which one I like best and right. then try to stay with that one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing about that much where I'm doing probably, I would say, between 6 and 10 a year. And trying to, I think I do around the same 6 every year, and I try to add in a few new in ones each year. So, like, I've got... Got a new one coming up this year that I'm excited for, but uh, for yeah. the most part, it's I found a few that I really like, and those are the ones I go to. Um, and I think it's what's important that you find out later on is that as fun as new conventions are, as far as building a convention schedule goes, you need some cons that you're very familiar with, very comfortable with, where you don't have to think and plan so much. Because something that you'll find when you're starting on cosplay is that there's a lot of planning on conventions and you only plan more the more you do it. When you have a convention that you've been to a couple times or more, um, 
you know the drill. You already know what hotel you're going to. You're already familiar with the hotel and all that kind of stuff because the hotel actually plays a big part into your stress and experience as well as travel. You know how you're getting there. You know, like whether you take planes, you know what to expect for costs. You know, mm -hmm. you know what stops you're probably going to make and all those things. Having that all the way is a huge stress reducer. Um, so if you're someone like me who um, I quickly brought myself to burnout when I did those 12 conventions more than half of those were new conventions yeah um, so it was a lot it was a lot of fun because every convention basically was something new it was something fresh and everything was amazing going to a convention the first time is awesome because it's um, in a way an, an experience that won't be recaptured the experience will be different but the first time you go to convention is always special you know? oh yeah because you don't know what to expect and usually that works out for the better but sometimes it doesn't and that's where you get problems <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I've also found that when you've been to a convention a few times you kind of know what cosplays will be received well True. or what you should bring there so gonna tie it back into our topic of burnout eh. um, one of the things I actually do is like I said I do a lot of critical role cosplays mm -hmm. And I do them at a lot of conventions. And there are certain conventions that are only critical role I bring them to. Because board gaming conventions, board game cosplays work great. Um, but what I have done ever the past two years since I've been doing critical role is Anime Boston, I refuse to bring critical role to. I make that a con every year. I only bring anime uh, cosplays because I know those do well there. Yeah. People enjoy them. You'll most likely find more people doing anime cosplays that you can like match up with. And it gives me a forced break from them to the point where now I'm like, I want to do more critical role. <laughs> I ha I didn't do it at the last convention. I need to do it again. And it actually helps me like avoid that burnout mm -hmm. by switching it up and doing something different. And then I can get back to that and it feels like it's brand new all over again. That makes me think of another good point is you have to find that right mixture of repeating cosplays and new cosplays. I've seen a lot of people get into cosplay um, like when I say get into cosplay, I mean start um, going full speed in cosplay and not just getting their feet wet when they decided I want to be a cosplayer. I've got six to ten conventions lined up for this year rather than the one to two that I was doing beforehand. I've got uh, 20 plans for cosplays. I'm going to have three new cosplays for each convention. That's a pretty common thing to happen, as scary as it sounds, but a lot of us have done similar things to that in the past. I cringe because I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when you do stuff like that, you rapidly get to a point um, it's all well and fine for a certain point everybody has what's what's kind of complicated about the burnout is that it happens differently for everybody and you will suffer in certain areas more than other people about oh, burnout so um, but we know a lot of the symptoms that can lead up to that constantly making new cosplays at an extreme rate like doing three new cosplays per convention when you've got that many lined up that's a lot to handle especially as you're starting out you know, when mm -hmm. you're starting out, you're going to come into a lot of problems making cosplays and you're not as experienced. So you're going to have a lot more um, mistakes. Mistakes. You're going to have a lot of um, repairs to make because mm -hmm. that's a big thing. Mm -hmm. You don't think about longevity when you're first starting out. <laughs> you don't think about practicality. Um, there's a lot of things you overlook when you you're starting out. You don't think about your pain levels. You think that you can wear high heels all day, <laughs> all weekend. Yeah. You can't. No. You haven't learned that yet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sad. Jeez, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what you're heels, thinking. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I found for for me, 
I don't have a lot of maker cosplay burnout. I never really have had maker burnout. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of repetition burnout. Mm. So um, I actually, uh, most of my cosplays that I started with, so I started with Nora Valkyrie from Ruby mm -hmm. and Deanne from Seven Deadly Sins. And for almost a year, those were the only cosplays I had. So I just wore them to everything. And like I had a few others that popped in and out, but I basically had those and I wore them to almost everything. And then it got to a point where I was like, I can't wear this anymore. I'm sick of this fandom. I'm sick of seeing the same people. Like, I mean, I love yeah. you guys, but it, it's better to, for me to like change it up and have some variety and go to different meetups with different mm -hmm. groups um, and not just be in the exact same thing and see the exact same people at the meetups that feel the exact same <laughs> every single con for over a year. Um, so that's why like, I definitely instituted my uh, like critical role thing where I'm like, okay, I need to at least take a break or I'm going to, I know I've gotten that burnout before. Right. I'm going to prevent myself from getting it. Yeah. Because you know, when you're doing the same old thing, you become bored of it. You want something new that excites That's why you. You keep adding to it. Yeah. You, I'll, I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll it up, you know, and people's different reaction. Like, Hey, look, it's the same. No, I added this guy, added this thing. <laughs> I, mean, I swear helps. it's a new cosplay, look! <laughs> I did lights! I mean, that's why I keep doing Vax. What is this, my ninth iteration that I'm working on? <laughs> um, I can't say anything. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I think what's interesting is that, uh, like you said, you definitely want, don't want to stick with the same fandoms, um, don't want to rely on the same fandoms for every single con, but at the same time, you do need some to rely on that are familiar. Oh, yeah. And it, again, it just goes in hand in hand, both with cons and cosplays where you have to have some old familiar standards and you have to have some newness if you continue to do the all the same cosplays um, you're gonna start getting bored um, as exciting as they can be but then basically your bucket list of things to do with a certain cosplay is finite and eventually you're gonna start ticking off all those things and there's just gonna be nothing left recently I retired um, a cosplay for the first time my Osmond cosplay and that was really hard to do because one that was in my first wave of cosplays mm -hmm. that I was making. Um, and it was my most popular cosplay when I was starting out. So it brought me a lot of the followers, a lot of the friends and connections that I made starting out. So I have a lot of really good memories when it comes to that cosplay. That being said, out of all the things that I kind of done with it, like the only thing that I think that I could have done more with that character is that I never got to like meet the voice actor in that cosplay. Yeah. That was like the one thing, but honestly, most cosplays, you don't get that opportunity. That's a pretty rare opportunity, but an awesome one when it does happen. Oh yeah. <laughs> as far as like potential bucket list, that was like the only thing for me. I had done everything with that cosplay. I had taken to the RTX, which was a big deal mm -hmm. for me. Um, I had worn it to, I think 15 conventions, which is crazy considering that I'm gone to like 33, so basically half my conventions yeah. I've worn that one cosplay too. So it was a pretty big standard, and um, it was really sad to give it up, but I was like, my enjoyment of that cosplay was getting lower and lower as there wasn't as much fun things to do. I didn't like. I didn't feel the need to bring it to group shoots anymore because I've mm -hmm. done like a dozen beforehand. I didn't. I've done like five photo shoots. So there's only so many photo shoots you can do for one cosplay. Um, I've gotten it with all the characters that I could possibly want. You know. Yeah. So. That just kind of happens, and if you, you don't, you know, if you can't give up or don't continue to mix in new stuff, eventually, if you only rely on stuff that you're um, doing every single con, then you're gonna find that you get like either restless or you just get kind of disappointed. And then I think what can happen is that you start to blame other things for making you not mm -hmm. enjoy cosplay as much. Um, when you 
do your cosplays, most of your cosplays are really big cosplays. Yes. Um, you have a uh, a lower refresh rate of cosplays than probably the average cosplayer does because of that. Right. So uh, when I go to conventions, I bring maybe one or two, if mm -hmm. any, because it takes up a lot, a lot of room. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I have to consider like traveling with it. Like, how am I going to get it there? Do I fly with it? Do I ship it out? So I don't have much option of like changing my cosplay during the conventions. Yeah. When, um, as you were starting out in cosplay, what was, what was your max point for, um, when you were doing conventions and you brought, what was the most cosplays you brought through? I'm wording this terribly. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you yeah. mean and I'm laughing because of the number I'm going to give you. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't want to know yours. It's probably like nine. I think it's eight or nine at KatsuCon 2018. Oh, wow. I had four in one day. I was also going to mention that. Don't do that. I mean, there's some people who can, but don't do it. <laughs> I don't, I, I, it boggles my mind when I see people do that. I'm like, how? Yeah, what's the most you've done in a weekend? Um, three, maybe. Yeah. And were they all big cosplays? No, one big cosplay and like maybe two minor okay. cosplays. So that's actually pretty smart. You know? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, when I was doing that, it was like one of the days, it was, I did something in the morning, I don't remember what, but then the e the afternoon, evening was regular Pira, uh, gown Pira, and then PJ Pira, and it was all for like different meetups and stuff. Um, so I wasn't really like changing too much, mm -hmm. but it's still, it added to the number, and now that's just like a, hey, I hope I never pass that again. <laughs> now I've learned, and I try to stick to one per day, usually, or one or two per day. Mm -hmm. And when I say two, I usually do something like more complicated for most of the day in the morning. Um, and then I'll switch into like PJs at night. Right. Um, like I'm doing Rapunzel coming up and I have plans for her giant like braided wig. But then in the evening afternoon, I might switch to her short brown wig cause that'll help my yeah. neck. Or I've learned at KatsuCon, um, I actually had major burnout because of all those changes. And then just even the days where I didn't have many changes, just like, oh my God, these days are so long. I found that a good way to help with burnout for especially longer days at cons is I will do two cosplays, but I do it because I'll do one in the morning, take a break, go to lunch, take a nap, like midday yeah. break, and then I'll change into something else. And because if you're just doing one thing all day, I'll be like, I don't want to get out of it just to get back into it. Right. So if I make it two different things, it forces me to take that break. And I found that helped so much this year. Don't, that's that's a good point. Don't count, I've never counted on me changing out of a cosplay and changing back into that same cosplay. Once you, know. you get out of a cosplay, <laughs> you typically don't want to put it right back on. You need to do some, some cleaning, some repairs, and it's, when you get it off, you have to really pull yourself to want to put it back on immediately. Mm -hmm. The closest thing I've done is that I wore the same cosplay for Saturday and then a following Sunday. Yeah. Having the day separation helped. It definitely made me not want to put it on the next day because it was just su such a hassle. And you know, once you take it off, you get that feeling, I'm done. It's being put away. I don't have to worry about it for a while. Um, because the thing is that when you're taking it off, you've worn it the entire day, no matter how comfortable the cosplay it is, is usually uncomfortable in some sort of way. So and you're just You're just happy to get it off. So you're like, it was a good time, but I'm happy to see you go back into storage. See you next con, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, so... See you for repairs at the <laughs> next con. That's <laughs> true. Um, we'll, we'll or forget the repairs. I usually do the repairs overnight. <laughs> yes. Of course. <laughs> um, but um, when we're like... 
I think that was that I, when I'm playing a you know cosplay for a weekend, um, something that everyone has to learn is basically if you take your cosplays and how big they are, say you have a small, medium, and large type cosplay, you have to figure out basically if a small cosplay is one point, a medium cosplay is two point, and a large cosplay three points. Say you've only got 10 energy points for the weekend and you want to figure out how to slot that in properly. And everyone has different energy points Exactly, too. yeah. Um, so I found that honestly the best recipe for me is having one of each. Um, I like having, for me personally, I like having um, weekends where every day just has one cosplay, depending on the size of the con. If it's a big con on Saturday, I might do two, because it's Saturday. Um, but usually what I'll do is I'll do one per day, and I'll usually do the medium cosplay on Friday, something decent to get me hyped up for the weekend. Um, and also there's usually a good amount of people on Friday and people are that excited for everything. It's pretty good showing. Saturday is your biggest day. It's also the biggest day for press and companies taking photos. Mm -hmm. So that's always when you want to put your best foot forward. Um, that's the best point for you getting publicity. So uh, um, it's really no secret when it comes to cosplay that Saturday is the biggest day. It's the biggest day for the attendees. Yeah. So always most people put their biggest cosplay out at some point during Saturday. Sunday, I've been really finding out that it's really nice to have a very low-key or casual cosplay because the day is usually a lot shorter. Um, so especially if you're doing multiple cosplays, not great to do on a Sunday because you'll find that if you change midday, there's really not much con left to be had and it feels yeah. kind of silly. Um, also, most people don't have their hotels through the day of Sunday, so you may not even have the option to change in your hotel room. Um, and honestly, I found that because something that to consider when you're doing your weekend is finding time to hang out with friends because ultimately that's going to be a big point of your enjoyment for the weekend. And Sunday, if you get to Sunday and you haven't gotten that good fulfillment of like friend interaction, stuff like that, changing, changing into a chill cosplay on Sunday allows you to be comfortable and allows you to basically have a really easy breezy Sunday to hang out with friends. Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag not um, <laughs> is, yeah, and I find like having a good Sunday like that and a nice comfortable Sunday can make up for a stressful weekend and then makes you leave in the con feeling much better about the experience. Mm -hmm. And you yeah. can go to the dealer's room and spend all your money. Also true. <laughs> I also look at what can I travel home in because most of the time it's mm. like, okay, the most time I can spend at the con means, okay, well, you know, I need to leave by three. So if I stay at the con until 2.45 and then jump in my car and go, I'll be fine. So half the time I'm like ripping the right. wig off at the rest stop or going into the rest stop and you can tell who is just at the convention because either there's wig hair in crazy colors, like, crazy colors yeah. <laughs> um where it's just all out out of braids like all that crazy hair um or the wigs are still on mm. and everyone still has their makeup yeah. on but they're in like a t-shirt <laughs> and you're like you just came from the con yeah <laughs> so i usually try to find something that i can either easily change out of in a public restroom um to ch to like have something comfy to drive home in or something that i can wear to drive mm -hmm. home in so like I'm probably going to wear Suki on Sunday of Kineticon because I can easily drive home in her. She's like comfy pants and a comfy top and not yeah. bad. And her makeup doesn't look crazy. <laughs> I'm not going to do blue body paint on a Sunday again. I've done that. It's I'm bad. laughing because I'm now recalling experience. The first time I we went to Clothcon East, yeah. I did Crash Bandicoot on Sunday. And because yeah. it's a waterproof body paint, you need to thorough shower um to get that off yeah, and alcohol I shower yeah, yeah basically. I, I didn't have time 
to do that, so I drove home in full body paint. And I just remember being like, it's okay, I don't even leave the car, I'm fed, I'm all good, and I get halfway home, you forgetting that it's a six-hour drive, thinking, I have to stop at a gas station. <laughs> like, yeah. I have to get out of the car for that. With this orange guy walking in. Yeah, so, and w well, I think the weirdest part was not only was I orange, but I had these huge eyebrows yeah. that were like really black. So I just like, I look so cartoonish and just like, what the heck? Um, yeah, so. That, that's we got another, really off topic. <laughs> no, no, but that's a good point though, because yeah, I think that you can really, um, because Sunday can really set the tone for how you look back on that weekend, mm -hmm. you know? Um, Another important thing why we say not to do too many cosplays in a day is not just about the fact of handling so many cosplays, but what's not usually accounted for as a big effort is going back and forth to change from your hotel room. That you process. A lot of time. Yeah. A lot of time, yes. I mean, if you do that three times to change, or four times if you're getting out of cosplay at the very end of the day, that's, that's least, hours. That's at least three hours. I, I did the four <laughs> cosplays, and the only reason it didn't go that slowly was because I was just doing costume, not hair and makeup, because hair and makeup does take longer to mm -hmm. change than costumes. So, like, at Anime Boston this year, I did two a day, and I matched my makeups. So all I had, to, I did Deanne and Urarga. All I had to do was change, was put extra blush on. Then I did uh, my exaggerated, like, so, like I try to keep things kind of matching the makeup, so I'll do all mm -hmm. my boys one day or all my girls another day. Oh, are we? We're good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'll try to match up what I'm doing to make those changes faster. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing like four, like three to four costumes and they're all different makeup, I know some people who spend an hour to two hours every time they do their makeup. Like I, I go fast because I can. I've practiced right. specifically so I could do that. But if you're taking like all that time to do that, you're missing out on that time you could be spending with friends or eating a proper meal or drinking water <laughs> or yeah. sleeping. You, Don't get up early. You're using a lot of energy just to change and do yeah. your makeup. Yeah. That's a lot of energy wasted mm -hmm. in one day. Um, two more things I want to talk about uh, before we move on. Um, one, before we leave the con portion of yes. burnout, is um, FOMO, fear of missing out. and. This at cons will drive you to do things and push yourself in places that you may know beforehand you shouldn't push yourself, but you do it anyways because it's in the moment. So many times you could be, you plan a full day of cosplay and you've effectively wasted your entire energy by dinner time by doing all your cosplay oriented planning. And then at the end of the day, especially if it's a Friday night or Saturday night, your friends want you to come over and party. They, they want you to go to a rave. They want you to go to a dance or formal or something. You know, you want to go to a big concert. Like, it's a very common to do that at the end of the night. And usually those are a lot of fun and it's what a lot of your friends will be talking about afterwards. And you'll be thinking, you'll get that thought in your head that I want to go to this, it sounds like a lot of fun, I definitely don't want to miss out, even though I shouldn't. And you, you, say to your, you say to yourself in the back of your head, I don't want to miss out, so I'm going to do it anyways. I will say that, um, so I'm someone who very much gets up early, gets into their makeup early, does like, like I'm, I'm an early riser, early sleeper. Mm -hmm. Like I am useless after like nine or 10 p.m. Yeah. But I've found that, um, there, there have been times where I'm like, especially if I know I have an early morning shoot the next day, I'm good about, okay, listen, yeah, you're missing stuff, but you need to get to bed, you need to get your sleep, or you're going to be a monster in the morning, and then you're going to have the bags under your eyes yep. for photos, and no one needs that. But I've also found that there's uh, a good point to also know, like, you can, uh, at Katsu this year, I was like, oh, I'm really tired, it's Saturday night, like, I just want to go to bed. 
And so my friends were like, you know what, but there is this really cool meetup that's happening with a bunch of makers that you, like, you you said you wanted to go to this and I know you're tired, but why don't you go down just for like 30 minutes? Mm -hmm. And I ended up staying for like an hour, um, which was more than I was planning on, but still enough that I got to bed at a reasonable time but I was really glad that I did go to that because I really would have missed it like I was glad I went there I got to talk to some great people and like talk shop with some people that I really look up to in the maker community and I was like okay I'm here for a little bit I'm not even I was literally like in PJs at that point like makeup wiped off my face um and so I probably looked a hot mess but I was glad that I did push that little bit extra but also knew that my limit was okay, but I still do need to get to bed. I'm not staying out here all night. So it is good to know your limits, and sometimes it is good to push them a little bit. Right. I think it's also, like, when when we're mentioning that, it's smart to plan with wiggle room, you know? Oh, yeah. So say that uh, when I recommend scheduling, I say choose, like, a photo shoot a day and a group event a day. Don't do more than those two things because what you're going to find is that even though you think, I've only got two things planned today, what am I going to do all day? You will find stuff because there will be so many impromptu stuff. There are so many panels and things that you'll want to go to in the spur of the moment because never once have I gone to a panel because I planned on it. It was always Food like... Food takes longer than you think. <laughs> it always takes longer than you think. <laughs> um, also, plan for food. That's a huge mistake when yeah. you're starting on cosplay. And that... Everything about a, a convention weekend, um, if you don't sleep properly, if you don't plan properly, if you don't eat properly, that stuff doesn't just go away. It collapses into the further, like the rest of the weekend, and it makes those days more stressful. Like that stuff gets thrown into the rest of the weekend, and if it's towards the later half of the con, it gets thrown into the rest of your week, and that also impacts, uh, impacts your your outside con life, which is shouldn't be understated. And that's how um, you get con plague, too. Also you're more true. susceptible to con plague that way. You're someone who likes to go to a, late, a lot of late night events. Um, how do you factor in that with your scheduling stuff? Well, I don't know how I do it because... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. I just gotta figure it out. <laughs> because a lot of times, the, the night before the con, I usually don't sleep because I'm always working like mm. to the last minute to get everything uh, done and packed. So I would get to the first night, oh, first day, with no sleep, and then was like in costume all day, and then go to the after party, and then adrenaline. Yeah, I, I, I guess I get the uh, adrenaline rush when people yeah. you know, react to my con, uh, my cos- cosplay, and you know, like, oh, cool, uh, you know, I and I don't drink coffee, so I don't know how I stay Honestly, up. <laughs> the adrenaline rush from like a good reception to a cosplay can can really make you run further than yeah. you think. Like, it should not be understated. But also, on the flip side, I've had cosplays that were not well-received that actually did drain me more. Yep, that's so. totally a thing. Especially if it's uncomfortable. Because basically, <laughs> yeah. if you've got an uncomfortable cosplay, people coming up to you saying how good of a cosplay it is can negate that. Mm-hmm. But if you're not getting that and it's uncomfortable, then you're just... All you can think about is how uncomfortable it is. And any little thing gets, like... Magnified. 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 I'm like, it's not magnetized. Yeah, Um, magnified. So, like, I had one, it was like, it was pinching my hand a little bit. But because no one was stopping me and no one, like, did any, no one was like, 
talking to me at all. I was just like, this hurts. My hand hurts. <laughs> and so I just got rid of, like, I just got out of it after, like, yeah. two hours. I think my secret is uh, not going to the con too early in the day anyway. Yep. I think that a lot, it, when you see these people doing late night stuff, um, it's because they they sleep accordingly. Yeah. You know, they'll sleep until 10 or 11 at night. I'm sorry, not night. In the morning. morning. You yeah. know? And go to the con like around noon. Exactly. Yeah. So like, you still get that sleep, but it's different. So when people see you, they shouldn't think that <laughs> you were just all go all the day. What are you laughing about? I'm so Because she goes early, that's why. <laughs> because I wake up at 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah, but then you go to bed earlier. So. I know, I yeah. know, but it's just funny because let me tell you, early morning photo shoots, there's no one there. It's you true. have That's the plus side. Yeah, like I do all my photo shoots in the morning and then I've got all afternoon where I just hang out with people. Right. That's how I manage my time, but yeah. But I, I don't go to late night events right. because but I'm too tired. That's what I was saying, because but but you're smart about that. You don't just think that you can have it both ways. Oh, you no. have to choose what you want. You can either take advantage of the early day or you can take advantage of the late night. You have to choose one or the other. Or you can take naps midday. This is also like, true. You could do just just do the third shift where you just you wake up at four p.m. and then you go to sleep. Yeah. Like there were people leaving Katsukon when I was getting up and going downstairs mm -hmm. at like six a.m. I would also that scares me. <laughs> depending on the type of person you are, um, your sleep may vary in what you need. I think that as a general guideline, if you're someone who's an extrovert, you may find that you don't need as much sleep. You may could shave off an hour or two of your sleep and feel totally fine with no repercussions. If you're an introvert, you might have to do the opposite and add another hour or two, because <laughs> not only are you with people all the time, but you're doing a lot of strenuous activity. And yes, being in cosplay is a strenuous activity, even if you're not doing much other than walking. You would not believe how many steps you take in oh, a weekend. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't go unnoticed. And it's not uncommon for you to be malnourished or um, underhydrated, so that stuff um, adds up and you get tired. So, like, make sure you get proper sleep because that's going to affect everything. Mm -hmm. um, but then also may understand that there's some flexibility with that depending on what type of person you are. You may be able to get away with having a little bit less sleep, but that still can't be a state enough that you still need sleep. You can't just say no sleep. If you normally get eight hours of sleep and you're extrovert, you could be fine with six or maybe five if you're lucky. You know? I do seven normally and I can usually do like four or five minimum. Yeah. I try I try so, to get seven, yeah. but usually I end up going to bed like two hours later than I normally would. Yeah. But, but the beauty of my cosplay is, you know, I'm in full armor gear, helmet and all. You just go to bed. <laughs> just close your eyes. And I can walk floor. around almost like sleepwalking through the just crowd. Just close your eyes, yeah. okay. Check like, I'm taking the picture and you're like, oh, I'm smiling. No, I'm not. You're just standing still and they're like, can we take a picture? I think it's good. Okay, yeah. <laughs> stand there. Just a sign next to you. Yes, you can take a picture. I'm just sleeping. I'll be standing there like a statue. And That'd be amazing. Wouldn't know uh, the difference. <laughs> so the last thing I want to cover real quick, which I think is one of the most important things, because this is what, at the end of the day, what your most of your year is spent on, and it can drastically impact you doing cosplay long term or not, and that's social media burnout. Um, something that you'll find, and it's kind of interesting because you kind of started before that was such a big part of cosplay. Um, yeah. But nowadays, uh, the majority of cosplayers have social media stuff. They have separate accounts for all their cosplay stuff, and everyone's really inclined to keeping it updated all the time and getting feedback and attention from that. You know, kind of continuing it on from the cons and kind of bringing some of that con excitement into your day-to-day -day life. And it's great. Highly recommend that you do it. That being said, just like cons are and how you get hyped up from excitement, you can get the same thing from your social media platform, but at some point, you're gonna plateau. 
that sometimes during the season you're going to have less interaction during con seasons you're going to have more interaction it's going to come in and out of waves but what's going to happen is that as you're new to this you're going to start pointing fingers of those downswings on other things than just natural downswings of social platforms. You'll start looking at your likes. You'll start thinking, this one got less likes than it did before. What's going on? Am I not doing a good enough job with my cosplays? Do people not like this cosplay as much? Um, you'll start really looking into the likes and comments especially, um, and you'll give them more worth than they actually should have and more weight than they should have on you. Um, and this is something that anyone who cares about social media with their cosplay has come to at some point. I have come to it. Um, Alex, who's been on this podcast, came with it as well. And basically, just about everyone that I've talked to has had it happen at oh, some yeah. point, from at least a minor and sometimes to a major standpoint. On the extreme standpoint, I've seen people take six to 12 months breaks from cosplay as a whole because the social media side killed cosplay for them because they put too much of their self-worth into that and something that I'll always say that can be your biggest um, prevention um, tool for not having cosplay burnout for everything is remember why you started cosplaying remember what made you happy about cosplay and make that your focus for your entire thing if it was um, getting those cosplays uh, to a point where you were really happy with them because you love the screen accurate stuff let that continue to drive to if you love having friends and hanging out with them let that drive you if you like going in competitions you know and and um, trying to continue to like improve yourself let that drive but like you can't let the other nuances of stuff ruin it for you you know you gotta identify when you're starting out of cosplay what drives you to cosplay and don't forget that and whenever you're having problems or thoughts of why am I cosplaying make sure that you go back to that primary focus because I think that most people face burnout when they forget that mm -hmm. because for me it was the friends that's why I wanted to go to more conventions so I could hang out with these friends more you know mm -hmm. um, and try out new places and just like the adventures of going to new things and when I matched that with the social media experience, um, I kind of cared less about the cons and more about the social media stuff, which is totally backwards. But this will happen, like almost definitely. You could prepare for this as much as you want. It's most likely gonna happen. So just brace yourself basically, and just try not to be too worried when downswings on social media happens, you know? I oh. find that, uh, like I definitely catch myself doing that sometimes where I'm really, oh, why isn't that doing well? Like, why is it getting so few <laughs> likes and stuff? And I just, and it's not something that goes away. Like for me, I oh, yeah. catch myself doing it every now and then. Um, but I really try to, whenever I feel that happening, I usually pull back on how much I'm posting. I will either pull back on how many posts I'm making or I'll just kind of stay off my story for a yeah. few days. And even for me, it's just a few days to reset and then it's like, oh, here's something I'm super excited to share because I'm excited for it. Exactly. And then I'll jump right back in. So for me, it's just every, like almost at least once a month, I find myself just, mm -hmm. okay, I'm just gonna back off a little bit. And I find those small back offs keep me from having to do a big back off. Absolutely. Um, something that can't be understated is, um, even though the excitements and feedback from fans and people at conventions is one of the most exciting and rewarding parts of cosplay, you cannot choose that as what drives you to do cosplay because you will be for it's a high that you'll forever be chasing and you will struggle to get to satisfactory rates of that. 
you have to do cosplay for yourself. If you don't find something about cosplay that makes yourself happy, that doesn't involve other people, then you're not cut out for doing it the long term. That's just the hard cut of it because that's why people start, stop cosplaying because they started cosplaying because they liked a few characters. Then they found that a lot of people liked their cosplays, so they started doing less cosplays that they liked and other cosplays that people wanted them to do. And they got them sucked into that. And before they know it, they don't even know who they are as a cosplayer anymore. And not only that, but they're, but they're struggling to get that same high of feedback and excitement from fans. Because you're gonna get normalized <laughs> to all these levels of evolving as a cosplayer. You're gonna get used to it. As much as it sucks, you're just gonna get used to it. You're like, wow, I only had like um, 12 people stop me this morning. It's been horrible. You know, <laughs> it's like, it happens. And there's a lot of toxicity. Mm -hmm. Toxicity. Toxicity. Toxicity in the cosplay community. So a lot of that can turn a lot of people off. Mm -hmm. And you just gotta, you know, stay away from the negative and just be with your friends and be positive and have fun. Absolutely. Because that's, <coughs> at the end of the day, that's what matters, is having fun. And yeah. if you're not having fun, do with it. Then I'm not saying you should stop cosplaying, but you need to find that again. You know? You should just reevaluate. Exactly. So don't be afraid to take breaks, you know? Um, Whether it be like a day or a month, a month or even a year or yeah. more. I know people who have had really long breaks and then they came back and they were super excited because they've had that break. So yeah. each person's different. The same thing like you were saying, extroverts versus introverts. Everyone's kind of different in what they're going to need, but everyone needs a break at some point, even if it's just, okay, one day I'm not going, like just, just today after work, I'm not going to work on cosplay. I'm going to go hang out with my friends yeah. instead and record a podcast <laughs> and not work on stuff for one day. But rather and then, talk about stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then tomorrow I'll be back and it'll be fine. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, I'm glad we talked about that. I think that it's something that is very important as anyone who's looking to get into cosplay is going to face. Um, that being said, we don't want this to intimidate you if you're someone who's looking to get into cosplay as this is something that, this is a conversation that could potentially save you from quitting cosplay. Here's all the scary love. stuff, don't do it. Exactly. <laughs> Look, no, there's do, do do it. It's just something to keep in mind. And like you yeah. said, when you're starting out, find out why you like it. That is the most important thing that you'll do when you're yeah. starting out. Absolutely. Because there's a lot of things to love about cosplays. People get a lot of different enjoyments out of it. Yeah. And there's a niche for everybody, you know? Um, and just find that, you know? Or make your own. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, now, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Hero Here, and here's a word about them. This episode of Coscast is brought to you by Hero Here, the real wig experience. Hero Hair creates high-definition, feature-film-grade, lace-front custom cosplay wigs, facial hair applications, and hairpiece applications directly from the cosplayer's inspired imagination. This includes full, screen-accurate reproduction pieces down to the very last discernible detail. These one-of-a-kind custom pieces are crafted by hand, specifically to the head shape, facial structures, and scalp typography of the client in order to elevate the client's wig to match the quality of the cosplay build itself and complete the transformative illusion of cosplay of the client's hero from any genre imaginable, whether it be movies, television, comics, historical, animation, and anime, and even original concepts. Our company was founded and is run by established entertainment industry wig masters and hair artisans, 
all currently working at the top levels of their fields. With wig and hair credits spanning feature film, television, and theaters, these elite professionals bring with them a combined total of more than 100 years of experience in crafting one of the most complex and often misunderstood aspects of cosplay, the transformative illusion of the wig, and the literal and figurative crown of cosplay. Thank you, Hero Hair, for sponsoring this episode of CosCast. This month's Hero Hair Client Feature of the Month is a brother and sister duo, Carolyn Mulnick and Bill Russell. You can find them on Instagram at Girl and WRussell9 on Instagram. To tell you of the sheer talent on display in any given cosplay, with this dynamic duo, all you need to do is direct you to their recent value video as Doctor Strange and his real-life cloak of levitation. Carolyn creates each aspect of their combined presentation from concept to groundbreaking feature film level, makeup, and beyond, with her brother-in-law, Bill, bringing his master talents of immersion into each of their spots on characters she recreates across every genre imaginable. Beneath their polished, hard-earned place as true artists of the transformative illusion lay hearts of gold, open arms, and truly humble dispositions that make knowing them such more than what is presented upon the surface of every Herculean cosplay they create. Thank you for being this month's Featured Client of the Month. Thank you, Hero Hair, for sponsoring this episode and the whole season of CosCast. Um, <laughs> now, um, I'd like to offer a cosplay tip that I think kind of goes in with our theme of today's episode. Um, we're going to get into how you can start cosplaying, what to do, how you can uh, find enjoyment uh, doing cosplay for yourself, and what kind of areas might be best for you. Um, but uh, one of the first things you're going to be facing when you're getting into cosplay is finding cosplays. Whether you're making them, you're buying them, commissioning them, there's many ways to get cosplays. But I think one that kind of doesn't get talked about that I kind of want to offer up as my tip today is buying cosplays from other cosplayers. Many times, cosplayers will have either cosplays that they worn once, didn't like, had a cosplay um, be the wrong size, or just something that they enjoyed for a few cons and decided that, you know what, this is still in good condition, but I'm done with it, and I like to um, give it to someone else who can enjoy it um, more. Or so. got burnout on it. Like true. <laughs> that actually, this actually happened recently for me, where I took like four cosplays that I just I retired. I was burnt out on them, and I knew I wasn't going to bring them back. And I was like, I want them to go to a better home than yeah. just sitting under my bed. Exactly. So I actually, I actually just uh, shipped like four different ones out to people. Nice. So hopefully they've got a good home now. Yeah. Either that or they were gonna they were gonna end up somewhere hidden anyway, so yeah. at least they're not in my house anymore. <laughs> um, and what's great about that is that usually from what I've seen the as far as cost for cosplays, buying cosplayer cosplays from other cosplayers can actually be one of the cheapest ways to acquire cosplays. Because usually for those people, it's not something we're looking to get our money back. We're usually looking for something that's reasonable, but definitely like you could technically, you know, charge more for them. But I find that people usually um, market less just to get it out because basically they're saying, if I can get any money from this, that's cool. But honestly, I'm just mainly looking to get it out. Mm -hmm. um, so usually you'll find people um, all the time. I'll see wigs that are like five, ten dollars, very cheap stuff. Um, and they'll usually be decent wigs too, you know, wigs that they originally got for 30 or $40. 
Um, and then you'll see cosplays that they spent hundreds of dollars on for maybe like 50 or 80 bucks, you know? Um, so if you're looking to kind of find a way to get cosplays, um, also good quality cosplays, because this is a good opportunity to get some really well-crafted cosplays um, for way less than you could ever obtain them, even if you made them yourself um, for cheap. So um, definitely look on, the, uh, if you want to find these things, um, always be checking the stories of the cosplayers you follow. Don't be afraid to put on your story saying, hey, do you know any cosplayers that's selling cosplayers? Or ask a cosplayer, say, hey, just asking, are you or anyone that you know is selling cosplays? And I'm sure they'd be happy to point you in a direction because people are, are looking to sell these things. So if they people know people that are selling stuff, they'll be happy to point you in that direction. Um, and just be on the lookout. Don't expect something to happen right away, but if if you're someone who is constantly on, like, say, Instagram or Facebook, just constantly be checking on those feeds, and you'll find something that you'll like sooner or later. I think there's even a Facebook group that, if I remember it correctly, it's it's either cosplay or cosplay wigs free free and for sale or something like okay. that. Where I, I think it's wigs because I remember posting. Um, I actually ordered the wrong wig. Gotcha. And I had tried it on and everything, and you're not supposed to return it after you try it on. Oh. So I was like, I tried it on, it was too small for my head. Um, or too too big, because I had bought the Genie from Arda, mm -hmm. and I bought the large, and my head was not large, apparently. I always thought it was, but it wasn't. Um, and so I ended up listing it there, like, hey, I paid 40 bucks for this wig. Anyone want to take it off my hands for, like, 30? <laughs> I just want to get rid of it. Right. I mean, thirty at least it's a ten dollar loss, not a forty dollar loss. loss. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because so it's still brand times, new. You know, a lot of times you'll find brand new, or I wore it once and I didn't alter it at all, or I styled it for this character yeah. and wore it maybe once or twice, but like just adding that slight wear on it, and most of the times it does not change like the quality of the cosplay or the quality of the wig. Mm -hmm. A few wears on it. Because like if you've worn it a lot, sometimes things can get a little damaged or uh, smelly or something. Mm -hmm. But if it's only been worn a few times, like you're getting it for basically new. Right. And even if you have worn it a lot, like I actually, one of the ones I was giving away, I was like, listen, this is damaged, which is why I'm marking it so low. Like this mm -hmm. is way lower you're going to find it because it is damaged and I'm selling it as is. And I made sure, and this is also something if you're looking to buy um, an as is cosplay, you you can feel free to ask for photos. I sent detailed photos yeah. of every single like wear and tear mark right. on some of my cosplays. Like, listen, there is this scratch here, this here, this here. Like, this is what you're getting. Know that these things are broken. And if you're okay with that, we can make this yeah. deal happen. It's a much more transparent way to buy used cosplays than say somewhere probably like eBay. You know, yeah. I don't know if I've never looked into it, but I'm sure that there is a place for that. But cosplayers who are selling their own cosplays are usually pretty transparent about their cosplays. And if you're someone who doesn't think that, say, you're buying a cosplay as is and it, and it needs some repairs, um, if you're willing to pay some extra money, you could ask them, hey, if I could give you an extra 10 bucks, could you fix those tears for me? Oh, you know? absolutely. And they'd be like, absolutely, you know? Um, but don't expect them, don't go into expecting them to do it for free, you know? No. Uh, because usually if they're selling it with uh, repairs needed, it's because they don't want to repair it, you know? Um, usually I find that cosplayers 
if they want to get the most money out of it, they'll fix anything that needs to be fixed with it. So they're selling it in a completely usable condition. Um, but for those who are just looking to get rid of it, they're selling it as is. So when that happens, let that be a note as this is someone who initially doesn't want to fix it and they would only consider it most likely if they were offered a little bit of money. So keep that into consideration as well. But yeah, thought I'd throw that there as a nice little And if, if you do t buy a cosplay uh -huh. of someone and they made it, be sure to credit them. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Um, and I guess we'll just roll right into our main topic yeah. here, which is starting out in cosplay. And like I was just saying with our tip, one of the first things that you're going to be doing is finding your cosplays. Um, now, um, for me, um, I think most of the people I know, um, like one of the, let me rephrase. When you're getting into cosplay, something that kind of is misunderstood is that everybody makes all their cosplays. Not the case. Even people who are known for making their cosplays has cosplay that are, that are commissioned or bought. You know, it's usually a healthy mixture. I know very few cosplayers that make 100% of the cosplays they own. Um, you actually probably, do you make all your cosplays or do you have anything commissioned or anything like that? I, yeah, I make all my cosplays. Yeah. I have one that's not and it is my gym suit. Yeah. My gym uniform from My Hero Academia because I was just like, this is so comfy. Yeah. And I can buy it for so much yeah. cheaper than the material cost. And that's not even to mention the sewing time. Yeah, time, yeah. Yeah, it's, a lot. it's mostly the time. Right. Uh, but basically, don't feel like as you're getting into cosplay that, yes, uh, it, it's, a, it's a great part about cosplay is making your own stuff, but you could honestly be totally fine never making cosplay in your life. You are still, no matter what people tell you, you are just as much of a cosplayer for buying your cosplays as you are making your cosplays. Yes, that's a common part about cosplayers, but don't let anyone tell you that you can't be a cosplayer without making your cosplays. Right. I think a very important thing is, like you were saying earlier, find what it is you like. Like the reason almost everything I have is made is because one of my favorite parts is making things. Yeah. Like I have recently found out that I enjoy the many, many months of making things almost more than sometimes wearing it. Yeah. I'm like, I had so much fun making that Sakizo gown for six months. <laughs> I wore it twice and I'm like, I don't ever want to wear it again. <laughs> like, get this off of me. Yeah, I don't want to ever see this again. But I enjoyed making yeah. it so much. It's all in the process. Yeah, so it's like, for people like us, this is that's what we like the best is making it. Or I mean, I don't, I'm not speaking for you, but like I'm assuming you like <laughs> making your stuff for the most part, yeah. And but especially there, seeing it come all together, at the yeah. End. But there are some people who the part that they like, like you said, might be hanging out with their friends or putting on just like putting on the cosplay. And for mm -hmm. that, like go ahead and buy it. If what your favorite part is 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 not making things, then don't make them. Mm -hmm. Like, but if you do like it, making them. Go ahead and make mm -hmm. it. Especially for someone like you who likes to compete a lot, one of your uh, biggest things is getting the little details. Just perfect, oh yeah, you know. Uh, I've really enjoyed getting things screen accurate. Um, one of the things that it, it wasn't, and this is a good example, kind of like tying in both topics here. Um, I did a Peter Parker cosplay, um, the one from Amazing Spider-Man, and although it wasn't Andrew a very Garfield. yeah, although it wasn't a very recognizable cosplay. Um, at a con online, it got a lot of recognition, especially when I put it up to the next one. I'm like, wow, that's like the side perfect. by side. Yeah, yeah. And one of the fun things for that is that that didn't involve um, actually any making at all. It involved a good amount of modification, um, which I'll get more to in a second. Um, but basically, what was so satisfying was hunting down all those pieces, finding just the perfect things, um, changing things 
where stuff was needed and getting that like perfect side by side. I get a lot of enjoyment out of doing that at whatever level be simple or complicated. You know, I, I really enjoy, because uh, what I like about it is basically looking at some, something and saying, I don't know how I'm going to make it and figure out how to make it. It's like a challenge, it's like a puzzle, it's like this cool mystery to figure out for yourself because when you do accomplish this thing that you said that you didn't know how to do, it's super rewarding and exciting. Because a lot of cosplayers who make cosplayer uh, cosplays a lot will tell you of their fun experiences of how they came to making this. What kind of weird object that they used to make this weird item that this person has for it or whatever reason. What weird technique that they used to do this type of um, attachments or sewing or whatever have you. Yeah, my favorite you know? is just like uh, telling people I'm using like an everyday object that no one ever even thought of. And yeah, I'm like I made it for so this. Like, oh my god, it's so cheap. The and folders. Yes, the exactly. folders blew my mind. <laughs> People love that. But they're like plastic folders that he uses to diffuse the LEDs. Oh, that's it's awesome! Like the 99 cent plastic yeah. folders. <laughs> it's that can also be one of the more challenging things about staying with a budget, but also kind of one of the more fun things because not only do you have to figure out how to do something you got to figure out how to do something cheaply. Because if you had a ton of money, well, it would be a lot easier to make stuff. But you're dealing with budgets, so you got to figure out how to do stuff on the cheap. Uh, which doesn't mean lower quality, it just means being extra resourceful. Yeah, so, you've got to be really resourceful. you got to do your research, look around everything. I've seen compilations of this guy who makes cosplays completely out of stuff from the dollar store. That's and mm, it's so, so fascinating cool. to watch. Because nice. he does it such... Like, you would not believe the quality of cosplays that he can make from this. And I think it really just goes to show um, one of the best things about cosplayers is how resourceful they are. Not just how talented they are with their skills, but resourcefulness is a big part of it as well. Yeah, I think it's really fun to see, like, um, people very innovative using, like, you know, cosplay on a budget. And yeah. they're using things that you never even thought of using, like Tupperware. Yeah, that's a big <laughs> thing, surprisingly. I love using... Um, for my corsets, because I've been making a lot of corsets lately, instead of steel boning or even buying plastic boning, zip ties, Walmart zip yeah. ties, just cut off both ends, like snip it to the size you need. Like there's all different widths. You can buy them in bulk on Amazon or Walmart and like- And super cheap. Super cheap. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they actually work pretty well because they do. <laughs> fun fact, corsets are not actually as much about the boning as they are about the fabric you use. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense now that I think about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So going back to when it was finding your cosplays, uh, most people don't start out making their cosplays. It can be very intimidating, um, and honestly, I would not recommend for that to starting out because I think it's better to experience your first con, not also having to worry about a completely homemade cosplay because that adds a whole other level, level of stress that's best dealt with separately. Well, I think um, it also depends on your skill set. And like, this is true. If you're someone who is skilled with, say, sewing, and you're comfortable with that, sure. But basically, I'm just going to say, assume you're someone who has no talents making, or no experience, rather. <laughs> I would say no you're, experience. You're a non-talented person. <laughs> oh my god, Well, uh, I feel offended. <laughs> spoiler alert, no one is a 100% talented cosplayer. Cosplay involves so many different skills that no one knows how to do everything, and everybody learns how to do stuff that they've never done before, or even good at so that's a part of it um, but yeah um, something that I've always found as a good gateway of kind of combining both things if you're someone who kind of doesn't really want to buy cosplays because you want experience that making stuff is doing um, a cosplay that involves doing modifications mm -hmm. um, so like that's I said, how a lot of people start yeah. I find 
So what that means is usually something that's pretty clothing based um, and hunting down the pieces that are basically like 80 to 90% of the way there for what you need. Say it needs like an extra graphic on this t-shirt that you need to like draw or make. Say that, uh, oh, I need to cut this fabric off of this or I need to add a little bit of fabric here. Just really simple tasks to already existing stuff is a really good way to get your feet wet crafting cosplays. Um, and then especially when it involves like saying clothing, like I know very few people who say make a t-shirt for a cosplay. Most people just say like, I'm just gonna buy a t-shirt. It's not that big of a deal. You know, yeah. I don't have to make 100% of this cosplay. Um, the only time I do that is competition pieces. Like yeah. if it's not a competition piece, I'm not like gonna make made, gloves every time. I'll just go buy like them. Like you made leggings. Like you, like you made that for a cosplay Yeah, it's too. like when it's a competition, I will try to make, if I can, 100%. Yeah. And I did that for my last one. I made 100% undergarments, shoes, everything. But- <laughs> That's the exception, not the- That is, that is the <laughs> exception. That it was like, I did that because I wanted to be able to walk in and say, I made everything to yeah. the judges. No one else is gonna know. Mm -hmm. No one else knew that I made, like, made my shoes exactly. and everything underneath. So it's, honestly, most of my other costumes, like, if it's something easy that I can just buy that Honestly, most of the time, it's going to be cheaper to buy it rather than buy the fabric and make it. Yep. Like, I find, like, I'll buy gloves, I'll buy leggings, I'll buy a t-shirt. So much cheaper, so much quicker. And then I can spend my time making those other fun details that I like to spend more time on. Right. No one likes making gloves. <laughs> no, it's the worst. And just buy it and modify it. And there exactly. You go. Buy it, glue some foam on it, you've got a gauntlet. Bam. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I always, I've always suggested is that because that's how I started out, and I think it was a very good way to start getting into uh, cosplay. My first like fully made cosplay, I think, yeah, it was um, uh, Roy from mm, yep. Smash Brothers or Fire Emblem, um, and uh, that was a huge undertaking, even just from my regular modifying stuff. So I can't imagine trying to do something like that. Yeah, that's your way. first time working with foam, right? Yeah. Yeah, this was my first time for a lot of things. Because that's the thing is that you're basically, by doing modifying, you're knocking out some firsts that are like cherry picking stuff. Learning how to work with the materials. Exactly. That, that's a big thing. Like the first time yep. I worked with Warbla, disaster. First time I worked with Phone, disaster. Like <laughs> It's a plus if you uh, have people who knows the stuff and help mm -hmm. you out, lead you the way. <laughs> figures aggressively at Savage. I mean, I, I, I did help you with Roy, right? Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, I was like, the biggest thing for me was the patterns. I was like, I don't know how to pattern. And I was making these shoulder pieces yeah. that are bulbous. And they're a bit of a tricky shape. Round and curve shapes. Yeah, when it comes to like foam, things like that, you don't just make a curve. You have to make patterns like you would if you were sewing, you know? Um, and then also for sewing, there's patterns. So like patterns is a hard part of those techniques that makes it seem much more complicated than it would be, say, on paper, you know? Especially since a lot of cosplays are not made to actually be built in the real world. So it's not like there is an existing pattern, whether it be for armor or for sewing. Like a lot of the times you are, even if you find something that's kind of close in the real world, you're still gonna have to alter it because there are just ones where it's like, that's just gravity defying. Yeah. How am I supposed to do that? And you find a way. Yeah. Yeah, that's the fun part is like trying to engineer around yeah. the anime around magic. Physics. <laughs> <laughs> anime physics, yeah. yeah. Video uh, game physics as well. Oof. Something that you're going to come across with is um, a cool way to start um, to avoid other firsts right off the bat is finding uh, a cosplay that you can do with your own hair. 
And by this, I don't mean dyeing your hair to match the character. I mean just using your hair as is, maybe style it differently. That's a good place to start, um, even though it may seem a bit underwhelming. Um, because dealing with wigs is not only another skill in itself, but um, it could be one of the main sources for being uncomfortable. It can easily stress you out. Um, and it could be expensive. Yeah, that's too. I, I started off, um, my first cosplay at a con was Peggy Carter. And I had hair um, a little longer than hers, but it was kind of that same brown. Yeah. So I learned how to do pin curls in my own hair. And while looking back on that now, it would have been easier to style a wig once and then just wear it. I it was a lot cheaper and it was actually really fun to do and it's something that I was able to transfer that skill but um, it made it a lot easier during the con day because then after I took everything off I didn't have to like take away off my hair and look bad like my hair still looks kind of cute um, one thing I will say about uh, wigs and if you don't want to use one you want to use your regular hair one thing that I found really helpful is those little like wig clips mm -hmm. so either that means uh, a bang clip if you don't have bangs, that can be really helpful. Yeah. Or uh, hair extensions. Extensions or those little ponytail clips. Yeah. So my first, like three of my first four cosplays had brown hair because I was like, I don't know what wigs are. Yeah. I want to have something with my own hair. So I did Peggy, like I said. I did Belle from Beauty and the Beast and my hair wasn't long enough because it was a little longer yeah. than Peggy hair. So I had one of those extension clips to add that volume yeah. in the back. And then I did Deanne from Seven Deadly Sins, so I pulled it up into pigtails, but I didn't have bangs, so I got one of those little bang clips, and suddenly have, buying two little extension things, I've got three different like Very hairstyles yeah. to wear, so. It went a long way. It was much better than the one cosplay that had a wig, because I bought a Party City wig. Don't buy a Party City wig. No, <laughs> never buy, uh, the pro tip beginning out with wigs, never buy a wig that's associated at all with Halloween. Yes. Associated with any sort of dress up, costume, Halloween, avoid at all costs. If they it's are, a dollar, it's it'll look like it's yeah. a dollar. And I think a bad wig can negate a good cosplay. Mm -hmm. So um, wig is definitely important things to take your time with and it can be something that's very undervalued. Um, or just wear a helmet. Or just wear a helmet. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, the reason why we're saying to kind of take cosplays and making cosplays or having cosplays in steps is that you're gonna come across a lot of firsts and a lot of things that you don't know how to do. And if you're trying to go full speed and make a cosplay from scratch and you've got a hundred different skills that you don't know how to do, it could stop you from ever doing that cosplay and stop you from ever going to that first convention and never being a cosplayer, you know? so. We're saying this is a precautionary thing that we want you to be healthy starting out in cosplay so you can actually get to that first moment because I, I don't know how many people are out there, but I know they exist of people who have looked up the cosplayers they want to start out. They try to go full speed because they got all that confidence in the world and they believe that they can do this and they realize it's super hard. They go to jo Joann's, they buy all the fabrics and they realize they don't know what they're doing and they just like, I just dropped $100 on this and I can't do this. I'm just gonna stop now while I'm ahead. And it's really sad to see, you know? So definitely take everything in steps as, as exciting as it is and as much you want to just freaking go for that dream cosplay right off the bat, you're gonna find yourself quickly overwhelmed. And this is just making the cosplay bit. We, you haven't even got to the convention yet. Yeah, I always tell people, you know, there's a lot of resources out there on the internet. Like, you know, do your research. I did a lot of my research. I learned from YouTube, you know. Mm -hmm. Big YouTube resource. Is a big key. There's a lot of cosplayers out there that will show you the, 
the tips and tricks of know what, what to do or what not to do will save you the time and um, heartache from like making the big mistakes in the beginning. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I have a horror story about that kind oh of. Oh boy. So as you can tell, I'm still here. Yeah. I, I did still survive. <laughs> but um, <laughs> one of, like I was saying, one of the first cosplays that I made was the bell yellow ball gown. Yeah. I was just like, you know what? I've made one costume. I can make Belle's ball gown. Aww. Um, Aww. I thought at the time I was like real impressed with myself because mm -hmm. I was like, oh yeah, I'm making this. It's going to be so cool. No one else makes these big things when they're just starting out. Um, I looked back at it like a year later. I'm like, oh my God, this is a disaster. Why did I ever wear this in public? <laughs> um, I did have a good time when I was in it for the most part, but it wasn't made well, so it didn't feel flattering on me like the bodice was very was too short mm -hmm. um and the skirt wasn't the right shape and so it made me look very heavy so every time i saw a photo i was like oh god yeah and i learned a lot from it i actually learned a lot i learned a lot more from failures than i do from the successes mm -hmm. but it definitely i could have been a lot better off right. if i hadn't tried to go for such a big costume to begin with because that is one of those dresses that people like they cosplay for years before they even try to tackle that gown and if and now it's one of those things where i'm like i don't even want to go like i don't want to try remaking that i don't want to go near it i i'm doing a different disney princess now like yeah i have moved on from that i don't want to remember that time in my life and you know if i hadn't tried to do it then maybe i would have done it now where my skill set could easily do that yeah but I mean, some people learn yeah. stuff better the hard way. Oh, yeah. You know? No, I definitely did. But it's, it's like sometimes, you know, when you're a young kid, parents tell you, don't touch that frying pan. It's hot. And mm -hmm. you go touch it. And like, oh, no, you're not going to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think uh, it was a good point that you made about, you know, you learning from your failures. And a lot of cosplay is learning from your failures. So it's a good piece of advice to expect to fail because oh, you're yeah. going to fail probably in most of the stuff that you try for the first time. Expect that when you're doing stuff, especially making stuff, to remake it, to try for a second time, try for a third time, try for a fourth time. That's going to happen a lot as you're trying out these new skills. You're not just gonna magically learn how to um, make a suit of armor the first time with foam. You're not just gonna lear magically learn how to make a perfect battle gown the first time. Mm -hmm. you, is, is, is confident as you are in yourself, and that confidence is good to have, but be prepared to fail so you can approach it in the healthiest way possible. You Budget know? your time and money for failure. Yeah. Because you don't want to be making something where you are on such a time crunch, especially when you're first starting out. Yeah. You're such a time crunch that you don't have time to remake it if it fails because that's when you get really frustrated with something. The If you give yourself more time to fail, you're going to be less frustrated. You're going to be able to make it better. I've found if I put myself on too small of a time crunch, and something goes wrong, major meltdown. Yeah. And then I'm just like, I don't want to touch this anymore. I don't want to see it anymore. I don't want to do cosplay ever again. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Oh, my Don't goodness. be a bunch yeah. of people that's willing to help you out. Because uh, cosplay is one of the most welcoming communities as far as offering help. You know, most cosplayers, yes, they do exist. Yes, it sucks. Um, but most cosplayers are out there to help other cosplayers. We are more than happy to share our experiences, offer tips, because when it comes to stuff like this, it's a very do as we say, not as we do, because <laughs> we've made a lot of mistakes, but our our goal in this is to help you make as few of those 
uh, mistakes as possible and to also avoid a lot of the stress that we face because that's a big thing is that we've all made it past these experiences thank goodness but at the cost of a lot of stress mm -hmm. you know because yes we learned from the failures which is the plus side of it but on the downside of it we had a lot of unnecessary stress based on just of ourselves oh, yeah. here's a lot of bloodshed <laughs> I will say I've learned, um, I've actually learned some really good uh, either resources or products or mm -hmm. methods of making things from other cosplayers. But there is one thing that I do see brought up and I definitely agree with when, uh, when you want to ask other cosplayers for advice. Check their Instagram, check their Facebook because a lot of cosplayers will either put in like, um, I'll put in my body paint I use and the contacts I use or the, where I got my wig or certain props. Uh, who helped me make them, things like that. Sometimes people will actually have descriptions on how they made something. And something that's very annoying is when someone's like, oh, where'd you get your wig? It says it in every single one of my photos where I got my wig. So just make sure you're not just, don't be lazy. Yeah. Do your research first, take a look. You're gonna be able to find those easy things. But sometimes, especially, it's like, oh, I just don't know this one small bit. Or I kind of have this idea this major idea, yeah. but I need more of a detail work, or even just uh, simple things like, hey, do you know a good tutorial for this? Because mm -hmm. directing someone to a resource, like I know plenty of seamstresses who are at the master's level, and I'm journeyman level, and they have given me resources of like, hey, this book has really good sewing techniques, and this YouTuber has good stuff. Like that sort of stuff is anyone is always like going to be able to give right. you good resources to go to but if you don't even do your basic research like if someone says oh i bought my headpiece at this place and you go hey how'd you make your headpiece like just do your basic research yeah. do the minimum amount of effort at least please <laughs> please read the description <laughs> that's what i'm saying like research oh that's what i'm saying like, research is key you know your effort into it. Mm -hmm. Don't be lazy and like expect everyone to like just lead yeah. you the way, yeah. all the way there. I mean, there's people willing to help you out, but mm -hmm. like sometimes it, gets, it does get annoying. I'm not going to do it right. for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the biggest part about all this though is don't be afraid to take risks and don't be afraid to start. Mm -hmm. Because the biggest thing about people not doing cosplay is that they're just too afraid to start. So I say just go for it. You know, yeah, you can take all these precautionaries, but the most important thing is that you try because I think that a lot of these things um, are more scary than they look from the outside looking on in, but when you're just actually starting it, you get excited and that kind of fuels your passion for doing these things. And you'll find that a lot of these things through time and due process can be accomplished and it's a very rewarding experience. Mm -hmm. um, you learn a lot by doing cosplay. You learn a lot of talents that you never thought you had. You learn to enjoy things that you never knew that you enjoyed. There's a lot of rewarding parts about the, the cosplay like the costume part of cosplay so much so many aspects of cosplay is crazy it's yeah like the, oh yeah the art the paint the yeah you do more awesome. than anyone who does like any sort of costume or prop making for a career you're gonna do way more aspects than someone who is professional at that like they focus on yeah. one thing and you're doing everything. I had a photographer be like, oh yeah, I don't really understand like cosplay photography. Like I have to spend so much on paying the hair and makeup artists and the costumers. And like, I'm like, no, I am the hair and makeup yeah. artist. I am the costumer. I'm also the model. Yeah. Like, um, but one thing that I find very interesting is I always say when people are starting out, like, don't, like we were saying, don't be afraid to fail. You're 
gonna start out you're gonna start out in a place where you're probably gonna look on it in a few years and be like ooh yeah that's rough but the worse you start out the more you have to get better <laughs> <laughs> like just think of it that way like no matter how how bad you think your first one may be actually make like not even just making but actually putting on a cosplay and going out and cosplaying for the first time is the first step like yeah you gotta start somewhere i had someone who came up to me at one point and they were like oh my god i love your cosplays like you like i love the way you make things it looks so clean and they were like this is the first cosplay i've ever made and it's so like it's so yeah. not great and i was like but you made it like you can yeah. only improve if you keep trying it's and like true. the fact that they had made it and worn it and it didn't look that bad yeah. i mean obviously you can like you can kind of tell sometimes when it's yeah. someone's first time but it's still you put that effort in you made it and you probably learned a lot from that and the next one you make is going to be even better absolutely like, don't even look at my makeup from a few yeah. years ago. Like, <laughs> listen, we don't we don't look at the makeup from a few years ago. Like, makeup improvements is also mm. big thing. From timeline wise, from looking at this, I think that the next step, as as I would say, you can even do this technically before you start making it. But I would say, as soon as you start working your first cosplay, it'd be wise to do this next step, which is creating a social media account mainly Instagram and Facebook. I would rely more on Instagram because that seems to be the cosplayer's place of choice. Um, despite its challenges, it still seems to be the, the main choice for cosplayers. Um, and the reason why I say this is important as you're starting out, even before you go to your first convention, is for two reasons. For one, like we said, don't be afraid to reach out. So what helps having your cosplay account and being able to reach out with that account to other cosplayers, like, hey, say that you're a new cosplayer. Don't be afraid to say, hey, I'm just starting out on cosplay. How do I do this? When you say that, I find that most people are even more willing to help knowing that you are just starting out. So creating that account is important for getting those contacts, getting those feedback, and then also fill your feed with cosplayers of various levels. Try not just to go for the big names. Find some people who are on similar levels as you as encouragement of what you can expect for your level because it's easy to follow big names like Jessica Negri and Yaya Han and see, wow, these people are amazing and that's inspirational, but also don't hold those people as your expectation for what you're going to accomplish right off the bat. Those people have been doing it for years upon years and have countless cosplays under their belts. So great stuff to look to in the long term, but don't look that look at that from the now. Um, an important kind of funny note, when choosing a name, um, it is usually useful to add cosplay at the end of it, but also never put as a username whatever cosplay that you're doing. Never put um, Power Ranger cosplayer as your username. Never identify yourself with a specific cosplay for your username because you're going to do multiple cosplays and you're going to find. I mean, if that's what you like to do. Yeah, I mean. Teach their own. It's like how some people just don't want to be on social media. That's not the part of cosplay they like and that's totally and that's valid. True. I think it's a really in, uh, uh, important resource, but you can feel free to negate this if you don't want to go into that area. Uh, in other but words, don't listen to Will. Anything he says is valid. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I see your point here. I know some people that well, have their uh, username to that character mm -hmm. and then when they cosplay something else they have to change it and like yeah. see, you just make yourself uh, more trouble than it needs to be yeah. uh, where'd you get your username <laughs> oh it was actually a nickname that I had and it felt kind of 
like cosplayery, like White Fang. You know, I don't mm. know. It's like that's that's elements of cosplay. Sure. I thought you named when I first met you. I thought you named it after Ruby. That was a happy accident. <laughs> I know. <laughs> However, it is annoying though when I search myself um, on places outside of Instagram because then instead of pictures of me popping up, it'll be pictures of White Fang cosplays, like like cosplays of the White Fang. Mm -hmm. group. It's like oh. So. I will say. As as um, I do have some issues with some people pronouncing my cosplay name, but the perk of it is that no one ever a has that name on any social media, so True. it's always mine. And b when I search it, I am the one that comes up. Yeah. So that is one good thing is like picking a unique name. Yep. Mine actually, funny story. My cosplay name comes from when I was in eighth grade, and I decided, oh, I want to write all these novels. I need a novelist name because <laughs> no author ever uses their real name. So Armaria was the first name of that. Oh, that's cool. so. Originally, I was Armaria Ciole, which was that name but no one could pronounce that or like know how it's spelled. And so I was like, eh, let's drop the Cioli, let's add the cosplay. I did that like a year and a half ago and it was the best decision was <laughs> adding that cosplay. Like you said, it really identifies what you're doing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and that's really all there is to it. There's not much to worry about there, especially as you're starting out. Don't worry about the content right off the bat. If you wanna add some behind the scenes content as you're starting out, feel free to. Um, but don't feel like you have to add pictures every single day. You're not expected to do that. And also, as you're starting out, doing your first few conventions, don't feel like you immediately have to have professional photos and photo shoots and that kind of stuff. Take your time with that. You're gonna you're gonna know when you want photo shoots when you want to invest the proper amount of money that requires to have photo shoots. When and if. Yeah, a good resource for getting some nice photos right off the bat is having people take hall shots of you and then uh, going to group photo shoots because group photo shoots uh, often provide uh, free pictures where you can find after the fact and that's some nice easy um, at least um, decent uh, quality level uh, pictures of your cosplays and also don't be afraid to reach out for your friends to take a couple pictures of your cosplay to post on social media or look at for yourself because you Camera don't want phones are really good yeah now. <laughs> it's true you can get your phone and take a decent picture but yeah also don't forget to take pictures of your cosplay because you want to be able to have that as a resource to look back on to show your friends and to also research for yourself you know those those will, it's just as important to show it off as it is to um, document it you know, yeah. So I think a really important thing um, for social media, especially this is actually why I got my Instagram at first was I was at my first Anime Boston, and a lot of people when they would do a haul shot or I would just like chat with them because we were in the same thing. They're like, "Oh, what's your Instagram?" Like that's how a lot of cosplayers were connecting. Yes. So going I, into your first con with that already having set is mm -hmm. important. So the two things that I will say is when you're if you are setting one up and you do want to connect with other cosplayers, one one of your first photos, even if you don't post like anything for a while, you just want like one photo up of you or you in cosplay. It could just be you out of cosplay, just so people can put a face yes. to a name because I've found like people will, f I like to always like look who, if someone like follows me, I'm like, oh, maybe I met them, let me make sure. Yeah. And if there's no photos there, I don't, I don't know who you are. So always, it's good to have at least one photo. And it's also good to, if you can, put your name on your badge. Because True. a lot of times I'll have someone do a haul shot and if I don't, I now do cosplay business cards, but if I didn't have those, I would just hold my badge up mm -hmm. and they would take a photo with my badge. That's actually the first photo on my Instagram. If you go all the <laughs> way back, it's a picture of me with my name at the time, I'm Mario Ciole, 
I'm just like smiling with my badge. And that's the first photo on my Instagram because I figured if people are looking to find me, that's mm -hmm. how they're going to be able to find me. Yeah, absolutely. And if you also, long longevity wise, if you ever feel like there's pictures of the past or you're afraid of posting pictures that you feel like, oh, but what if this is cringy in three years? You oh, can, it is. <laughs> you can just own it or you, if you really feel like you don't want to have that up there or if that's what's stopping you, keep in mind that you can always archive posts. Mm -hmm. And if you know what that means, it means that it's visible only to you. So it's not gone forever, but it's not on your public feed. So you can still have that there for document reasons if you really feel like you don't want to have that on your feed anymore. But basically, I'm encouraging you to post, even if you don't feel like it's going to be that great comparatively down the road. It gives great content for cosplay glow ups. Yeah. Those are my favorite. I'm like, Very yeah, true. those pictures looked really bad, but now look how much better they make me look now. That's so true. <laughs> Put them side by side, and suddenly I look so much better. Um, yeah, you start from the bottom, now you're here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. The lower you start, the farther you have to go. <laughs> The last element to starting out in cosplay yes. is the conventions themselves. Quick mention, a cool half step to do that's optional, but is uh, very helpful if budget is something that's very important to you, um, is going to a cosplay, um, going to a like festival or event that uh, has cosplayers in it. So for instance, Japan Festival Boston. I'm sure you can find similar events in wherever you live. Uh, free comic day. Those are everywhere. Find a town that likes putting on a thing for it. Great place to cosplay for. Um, Some movie premieres. I know friends who like the Marvel movie, or yeah. like one of my friends does Captain Marvel, and so she was at Captain Marvel. We went to the My Hero Academia movie in cosplay. Like, oh, what just happened recently? The Pride Parade. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of cosplayers are at Pride now. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. Anime Boston actually. Uh, That's true because they had their own thing, so as, I did kind of know. As that. did um, <laughs> one of the Star Wars groups. I don't remember which one, but mm -hmm. they were also there. And then there were a few cosplayers just with other groups. Right. The reason why I mention this is that because these events are usually free, mm -hmm. um, it also lowers the pressure because usually you won't find really huge or intimidating cosplays to make you feel like, wow, I don't feel like I belong here. So usually the bar is a little bit lower. Wait, you don't start at KatsuCon? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I know people have started that. I'm oh, just like, I'm so, so sorry. Scary. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's only downhill from here. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, so um, I think that's cool because it can really help you get your feet wet with not spending a lot of money because more importantly, not only does it not cost you any money, but something, but two big things that you don't have to worry about for that is um, the far distance travel and overnight stay. Mm -hmm. um, which brings me into going to a convention. Those are two things that you need to consider when going to a convention is not only the convention itself, but how you're gonna get there. And if you're staying there more than one day, how are you gonna stay there? And in fact, I would recommend for your first con, just go for one day, you know? Don't feel like you have to go for the whole weekend because when you're starting out, um, you're gonna find that if you're only having one or two cosplays, it's gonna be hard to stretch that out for an entire weekend. And sometimes it's just better just to go for a day because going for one day is not just a third of the price of the weekend, it's significantly less than going for the entire weekend. Depends on the convention. But That's my true. first convention was just the Saturday of Kineticon. Yeah. Men like many, many years ago. Not many, many, but like, Many, just mm -hmm. a single many, not many, many. <laughs> um, and I just went just on Saturday. My plan was to drive in because I lived I lived in Connecticut, and so I was going to go in for the day, cosplay. I was in my cosplay for all day, and then I was just going to go home. I ended up having such a great time. Um, ended up crashing at my friend's house because I uh, not my friend's house, but my friend's hotel room because I stayed there so late. Yeah. And then one of the friends was like, and then I ended up 
managing to somehow get my hands on a badge for Sunday. <laughs> we're, we, we're not going to incriminate anything. Um, and I ended up going on Sunday too because I had so much fun on Saturday. But like, I was just planning on going one day and for a lot of people, you can get a lot, especially at smaller cons, you can get almost the entire experience for yeah. one day. Yeah, I mean, especially the smaller cons. I went to Connecticut. Uh, my first time going to a con outside of Massachusetts was Connecticut. And I just sat out of the whim, like, I was just going to go for one day and check it out. And I didn't know anybody that was going to go with me. I, I knew that people was going to be yeah. there. And I went, I had so much fun. I'm like, well, I'm staying so much later. I think I'm just going to have to find a place to stay. And I end up finding a, ho a little mo hotel, motel, <laughs> by myself. And that weekend had to, been to be, um, what's, it, uh, what's that band called? Dave Matthews Band was in oh, town. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, a lot of motels and hotels were booked up real quick. I, I was lucky to find like a, a like a little motel. I, I, uh, they had one room left, and I stayed. Wow. <laughs> and then I went to the con again the next day, and then like, whoa, I like this con. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, since um, the one where I only planned on one day, I only brought one costume. Mm -hmm. um, I I had an inkling that I may stay a little later, but my plan was okay if I stay if I'm here really late. My friends told me that I could crash on their floor, yeah. um, so I'm not driving home at an unsafe hour. So I had brought a change of clothes, but it was just like street clothes. Mm -hmm. And I had so much fun cosplaying the first day. I was like, I want to cosplay again the next day. The only problem is my cosplay broke. The zipper oh. down the butt split, so I could oh. not wear it. No. So I ended up just throwing on my, throwing on a wig that my friend had. Mm -hmm. And I had so much fun in just like me, but with a wig. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's crazy how much like that to me even though i wasn't in a specific cosplay i felt like i was still cosplaying and i enjoyed it so much yes yeah, you could do so much fun stuff but just a little yeah like literally just a wig and i suddenly felt like oh, i'm getting to be someone else at a convention this is great <laughs> absolutely um i think that uh something that's also important with starting out with going for just a day rather than the whole weekend is that okay of something that's almost required when you're cosplaying and trying to budget for a weekend for a hotel is finding people that you trust to room with. Mm -hmm. That's going to significantly reduce the cost of staying overnight at a convention. And um, it's important to make those connections first rather than just trying to find strangers to, to room with. So get a couple one day um, con experiences down, you'll make connections, you'll follow up with people online, you'll find groups online, and you'll find people that, it's important to find people that you trust, because mm -hmm. that could ruin your con experience if you go with someone that you end up just not getting along, or some drama happens, or just whatever nonsense may happen. Yeah. Um, so getting those connections is important because not only just for um, hotels, but also you might find someone who lives close to you where you can help out with travel, whether it be go in the same vehicle, or um, let's go um, cosplay together, you know, it can really help, um, you know, save both time and money on things, on stuff that would be normally really expensive. Oh, yeah. And even if you can't, if you're doing a further con, that's good for one day. Mm -hmm. You can also do local cons where you commute. I have friends who live really close to Kineticon, and they'll just drive in each day. And you know what? Sometimes that works. Like, there's a lot of cons in the Boston area where... I think PAX East this year, I was like, I don't want to worry about getting a hotel. I'll just drive in each day. And just know that, like, sometimes you're going to have to deal with different... Um, do I need to stop? No, keep going. Okay. Um, sometimes you have to deal with different traffic or something. That's something you'll have to budget for. Wait, you drove into PAX this year? I drove into PAX from East where? this year. From, from Lowell. 
Oh, okay, from Lowell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it wasn't yeah. too bad. Um, but I did like I came in Friday night. I left a little earlier from work, so like two p.m. ish. Yeah. And I hit a lot of traffic coming in, but I was like, I'm just gonna come for half a day, and that's what I want to do. And yeah, so commuting was. commuting to a con is valid. Just be aware of how far you are from the con and how late you're planning to stay at a con yeah. because commuting an hour to a con when you plan on staying till midnight and then also getting there early in the morning mm -hmm. might not be the best idea. I think um, you can get away a lot with not planning so much once you're there at the convention. I think the most important thing to take in mind for a convention experience is budgeting. So mm -hmm. I say the most important things you need to make sure you bud budget for is first off your batch ticket. That's what gets you into the convention. Um, then if Which, you're buying tickets earlier a lot of cons will have Cheaper. discounts so yeah. if you plan ahead of time you can get a con badge True. for 40 bucks when at the door it's 80. exactly so yeah find those early bird prices so a ticket um so like here's how i'd go about it find the ticket first once you do that find out how you're staying um once you figure out that okay how am i getting there mm -hmm. you know so then figure out that so make sure you have those three those are your three biggest money makers, uh, money takers rather. <laughs> um, once you've figured that, make sure you plan for food. Make sure you plan for um, things that you, you like unexpected emergencies, whether it be cosplay repair stuff, whether it be you end up spending more m money on food than you thought. Even if it's something, hey, I found this cool thing that I want to buy. Mm. Let's let me buy this, and you should include that in you to your budget. Um, and then, um, um, what else? Would you need to budget for? I'm trying to think. Anything else? After parties. Yeah. Oh, any, any other? Yeah. Any other like events or yeah. when when you do get into the photography yeah. stuff, like budgeting that sort of thing. But um, you had said something that it just like totally slipped my mind now. Uh, what was so I oh, food. I was gonna say food because Dumb. the food is. I found that when I started out, that is what ate up my money the fastest. I mean, dealer's mm -hmm. room. Everyone knows that's going to eat up your money faster than you think. But you can avoid that if you want. Yes, you can avoid food that. Food you should not avoid. Let's be clear. <laughs> Do not choose food to save money at. Please. Avoid con foods, though. Yeah. The thing is, it's a lot of times I've found, for me personally, um, I like to budget for restaurant foods because it's sometimes the only time I see my friends at the con is sitting down for a meal. But for some people, sitting down for a meal three days of a convention, multiple meals a day, isn't feasible. So yeah. you kind of have to think, um, and maybe not budgeting monetarily as much, but even looking at a map of the convention and yep. it's like, okay, so what is near here? What's in my budget? What can I go to? Because if you already have an idea of here's the restaurants that I want to go to and here's kind of like what their meals look like, then you already have that planning step ahead. So you're not all standing around, hey, uh, do you guys want to go to food? Where do you want to go? I don't know what's yeah. around here. And then you spend so much time doing that. Like, I know people who I've actually been like, oh, hey, I'm going to this convention at this place. They're like, oh, these are my favorite places. Here's where you can get a $5 sandwich mm -hmm. at, what is it, Potbelly's yeah. at KatsuCon? Like, people told me about that. And it's not an easy one to find if you're not looking for it, but it's a very inexpensive option. And it's quick, in and out. <laughs> the best way that I found is always expect your dinners to be very expensive. Budget like 20 bucks for dinner, sometimes even more, because usually if you're going to like friends with dinner, it's going to be a more expensive place. Um, where you can really save money is in the first half of the day. If you're at a hotel that provides free breakfast, take advantage of it. <laughs> Make sure that you're up 
early Maybe enough take to take a few to, yeah. muffins to your room. <laughs> exactly. Get get that get that food that's going to be really helpful for cutting down on the budget. Um, don't be afraid to bring food for your hotel room. Make sure you go shopping. Me and Sav have done lots of fun trips to Walmart's getting supplies back. Look what your room has too. Mm -hmm. Because some rooms I've had full kitchens, like they've got stove, yeah. oven, fridge, everything. But a lot of hotel rooms these days don't even have a microwave. No. It's just a fridge. Yeah. So you kind of want to think about that. Okay, maybe I'm going to get yogurts and string cheese. Like I've lived off string cheese and power bars yeah. sometimes. Sandwiches for like is a good my lunch. Yeah, lunch meats as well. But know that, hey, maybe you shouldn't get that microwavable meal because you won't be able to cook right. it if there's no microwave. Exactly. Um, yeah, so definitely get food to bring to your hotel room. Um, and, um, you know, eat it, like if you do that for your first two meals, eat at your hotel room, it saves a lot of money. Or for lunch, always say that, hey, I'm gonna get fast food for lunch, you know? I'm gonna go to Subway, I'm gonna go to McDonald's. Don't get at the con floor. Leave, yeah. <laughs> leave the con, Anything it's cheaper. Anything in the con is going to be expensive, you know? And <laughs> bad quality. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that I know that sometimes I actually budget for con food because I know that if I am in a costume in the morning and I need to change and I've only got a small window and I need to change and I need to get into this for judging, I know that I need to get something yeah, fast. quick, quick, fast, like, okay, maybe it's not the best, but it's what I can access quickly and I don't have to wait in that long of a line for. So it really is kind of some things you do want to worry about monetarily. Other times you need, just need to know where your, your trade-off for time and convenience is Absolutely. because sometimes it's like, yeah, I could, I could walk the 20 minutes to the place that's two bucks or there's the place one minute walk away that you know is a little more expensive but i my feet don't have the capability of walking that far today yeah. so it's really like you got to find out what your the trade-off yeah what your trade-off is and it's different for everyone i know that there are some cons where i'm like i am super on a budget we are gonna do everything we can to do this as cheaply as possible and other cons i'm like I just, this is my kind of luxury con. Yep. I'm gonna treat myself, I'm not gonna go far, I'm gonna make it easy. And you know what, that sometimes that helps. Like yeah. Sometimes you need that. <laughs> Honestly, I find that once you're in the convention, if you, um, if you have a batch ticket, you will find that you can entertain yourself for the entire day, spending no money whatsoever. So if you're worried about entertainment and finding stuff to do, mm -hmm. don't. No. You will find stuff, it is easy, it's a whole, place full of fun people and things to look at you can enjoy the art in the dealer's room and not buy a thing you know oh, yeah. so and don't forget panels always free um sometimes you have workshops that require money but honestly most of the time it's going to be panels that's great stuff to entertain and yourself a lot with. of cons these days have board game rooms and video game yeah. rooms and uh the like video game as in the console and video game as in the like machine games like yeah. DDR and those like rhythm games like a lot of those and those are all free to play yeah. I love board game rooms all you have to do hand over your ID get anything from the wall to play test yeah. and they're great and those are that's not just at board game and video game cons that's at almost every con like you can find something to do I think that's something that's kind of interesting about you know going to conventions is that you find that most of the cots are kind of around the convention and not at the convention itself you know it's all about the travel it's all about the stay it's all about the ticket and the food you find that that's where you spend your money and you find that you can spend either no money or very little money at the convention itself because that's mm -hmm. just how it works so and even some after parties are free too because it's true uh, oh, yeah you just have to uh, register beforehand mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and that's what a lot of things i found like um 
there's a lot of conventions where there's some conventions that do like I know Gen Con a lot of events you do have to pay a little bit for yeah. but most cons you might have to uh, sign up beforehand but a lot of them are free yeah. although the the there is a cost of guests but I don't think that's, <laughs> I don't think that's the topic we're getting into no. today um, so well, I yeah. won't go into that um, like anything take everything in steps um, definitely get your feet wet when it comes to budgeting. The last thing you want to do is find out that you've emptied your bank account halfway through the weekend. Uh, so that's why I think it's so important to go to a con for just a day, learn what it takes, how much it actually costs to go to a convention, the things around it before adding hotel experiences because that's a whole nother level. So I find that if you take things in steps and not go at 100% right off the gate, you'll find everything to be much more enjoyable, a lot less stressful, and you'll learn how fun being a cosplayer really is. And I think that that's why it's important that when you find out how exciting everything is and you do all these things and as you start to get a hang of things, is that's when you take our first conversation into mm -hmm. consideration is learning about where your limits are. Because first you're going to, the first stage of cosplay is figuring out how to do everything. And then you're going to start getting confident and you're going to start really enjoying everything and that's, some, that's one of the, some of the, your best times in cosplaying is getting over that first hump uh, and just getting your first wind of confidence, you know. Um, but then it's also important that once you've learned how to do all that stuff is where you take it from there. Um, Can but I add one more thing? Because I feel you're sounding like you're wrapping up, yes. so I want to make sure I <laughs> add this in. Um, what about the, like, kind of taking conventions a little step at a time, not just monetarily, but one thing kind of tying back into the burnout is figuring out what your personal limits are. Like, mm -hmm. there are some people who they cannot do long con days. We actually, it's funny, we were talking about this, some of us at Pride, about how those of us who go to conventions, we were able to stand and watch the entire four and a half hour parade. Well, <laughs> other friends we knew, they were like an hour and a half in, they're like, I can't handle just like standing in like my outfit that I've, that I decided to wear. And we're like, you just don't, you haven't built up that con endurance You're yet. literally like, just like, get on my level. <laughs> con endurance is a thing. Like yeah, being absolutely. able to build up and figuring out like, okay, I am someone who maybe needs extra breaks throughout the day. So that, n that means, okay, I'll need to get a hotel room when I go to cons. So I have somewhere to escape to. Or maybe you're someone who like can manage to stay all day and can drive home and you're fine with that. Like yeah. figuring out your own like physical and emotional and mental capabilities is a huge thing like i i have found that i do need that midday break because as excited as i am and i love conventions sometimes i just need a break to just like turn off for a moment just like scroll through instagram not talk to anyone and like i'm a huge extrovert but sometimes you just need to turn <laughs> that off and then the rest of my day is better if i try to push through that i can feel that coming on like just like how you can feel like when you're getting hangry yeah it's just learning your own limits and i also want to add um try to cosplay if you could to the weather um <laughs> <laughs> please if you're wearing like a full body armor and it's like suffocating and like the sweltering heat you're just gonna want to give up yeah. entirely and then but you know if you're wearing a very um like a t-shirt and shorts during the thick of winter in new england you're gonna also have not a great time mm -hmm. right exactly so you got, you got plan for that and if you do uh, wear uh, something that's opposite of the weather. Be inside. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> stay inside. Or know that. And like my last Kineticon, I was in multiple layers or black leather for almost the entire weekend. Sleeves, pants, entire weekend. So I learned 
okay, this just means I'm going to have to take more breaks. I'm going to need to make sure I'm drinking more water. Mm. And Please drink all the water. Please. And I ended up making my evening cosplays of each day like a tank top and shorts. Mm. So it's just like, if you're going to do that, like you said, prepare, make sure you're inside, make sure you're being cool. Maybe add fans into your armor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of fans. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or, or the... Um, the like fans that you can just like oh yeah those add them to a cosplay there's so many cosplays where you can just add a fan to it and just like it helps so much in the summer <laughs> oh yeah like we had right yeah with suki she actually has fans and i'm like these are the best things <laughs> ever <laughs> but now there's so many so many characters where if you just like add a fan that says like shade on it oh so sassy <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right. Well, obviously, there is several things that we haven't mentioned, but I feel like we have a nice, good grasp on encouraging someone to get started in cosplay and some of the things to expect. Um, but like we said, most of all, don't be afraid to start. Don't be afraid to make s mistakes and, you know, take everything step by step and uh, you'll have a great time because, I mean, it's how we've all met together. It's been a very valuable piece to our life. And um, for some of us, it's your full-time job. For some of us, it's a full-time job, even though you're not getting paid for it. Listen, um, it, it keeps me sane. The reason for me, and this is a little bit about the burnout, the reason I keep constantly making and I don't stop is because, like, for I need, I'm someone who needs to be doing something. Yeah. And when I stop, I'm just like, I don't know what to do with my life anymore. So for me, it's just it keeps yeah. me going. It keeps me excited to do things. Yeah, using your creativity, your imagination, your mm -hmm. skills. Especially since my job is so left-brained, and then I get to yeah. be so right-brained. It's great because you know you get to learn all these new crafts, you get to find all these new passions, and you get to show it off to all these people. And it's a really cool community, and it's very rewarding. And you make lots of new friends and connections, and all while making some amazing memories that are so. Um, funny, chaotic, <laughs> random, whatever you want. Um, it's it's whatever you make of it. And there's um, so many amazing adventures that I've been on purely because of cosplay that I never would have dreamed mm -hmm. of. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, we do this because it's fun and very like life fulfilling for us. You know, there's so much things to pull from it, and it's important to focus on those things. And we do it because we enjoy it. Yes, absolutely. We know why we enjoy it, and we keep sticking to that, like you yeah. said. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm good at these tiebacks, aren't I? <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode of Coscast. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah this is great. Feel free to hit us up for any questions, like we were saying. If you're just Please, starting out. yeah. Like, we, we've got some knowledge. I don't know how much knowledge I have, but I can try. <laughs> like you said, it's just... We've got experience, and that's important. Lick in a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> experience uh, counts a lot. Yeah, yeah, it really does. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. We said our Instagram stuff at the beginning, Absolutely. but again, I am Armaria Cosplay. I'm Savage83. And I'm White Fan Cosplay. So feel free to hit us all up because we're more than happy to provide advice if you some reason for some reason can't find anyone else or just scared of finding anyone else. We're more than happy to help you out. So yeah. I don't know, we're pretty scary. Alright. Well thanks he for joining us on this savage. episode of Coscast. Uh, thank <laughs> you again for Hero Hair for sponsoring this episode and the entire season. Uh, be sure to check out our website at geekkind.tv. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, wherever you're at. Um, and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. 
um, where you can watch us and then also see all of our other shows as well. That is all for today. Thanks again, guys, and stay kind, geeks. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>